If you are listening to this right now, you are listening to part two of Beauty and the Struggle with Kevin Shaw. Enjoy. Talking about my spiritual life in Nashville, I think the best thing like in that regard is, is I really did have a faith in Jesus and do have a faith in Jesus. But what I didn't understand is how come I couldn't stop eating? You know, like if you go to, um, you know, if you go to, and also how come I couldn't not be depressed? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, here's, if you, if you really truly are reading the Bible or you believe in a power that's out there, that's, you know, this should be a pretty powerful thing happening here. If you believe in creation, right. I mean, how come you can't pray for something and, you know, the ability for it to happen should be there. Mm-hmm. Right. So if it doesn't happen, then why? Right. And so I'm sitting there going, God, help me with my depression. Right. And I'm not feeling better, but bills are getting paid. So it's like, why? I don't get that. Right. Or, right. you know, um, God help me with my, my food, you know, and, but I just, I keep eating. Right. I keep, that's not stopping. So when I went into recovery and, you know, step one is I'm powerless over this and my life has become unmanageable. It's like, sure. Okay. Get that. Step two is, um, uh, you know, there's a power greater than myself who can restore me to sanity. It's like, okay, so that that's for me, that power is supposed to be Jesus. So moving on to the step three, I turn in my will in my life over to my, over to God, as I understand my higher power, you know, and it's like, yeah, I think I've already done that, you know? And, uh, so I didn't really understand how that worked. And so what I had to do is I had to really check everything I understood about myself, you know, what was going on with my food, with the 12 steps and God and say, I need to keep an open mind because there's obviously things I don't understand here. Mm-hmm. And, um, so was that emotional for you? Like, did I you- think I had a struggle with it. It didn't really, I never felt like I didn't understand, or I never really felt like I was abandoned by God, but I was, the emotional struggle wasn't when I went into the rooms, it was how come I'm not getting help. That was the rejection. You know, like how come he isn't helping me? Is that what you mean? Right. Right. Like for, for a long time before coming to recovery, you know, a long time before the 12 steps, the 12 steps were like, Oh, maybe this is an answer. Got it. Cause all of a sudden now I'm around people. I, they, I, I'm like that, 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 Ooh, I like that person. I want to be like that person. I don't want to be like that person, but I like what they're saying that, 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 you know, it was like, these are people that I felt like this was a path. This was a door that opened. And I was like, I got to see hope. Got so it. it was before I went in there, but what I had to do while I was in there is learn very quickly that there are people with different belief systems than me that were doing very well. Mm. And, um, and it, it became a very different uh, experience than what I was, be- but believing and before, like, you know, you got to pray to Jesus and then, you know, and I had no idea how Buddhists were working or how, um, you know, people that, that didn't believe in Jesus or different relationships or atheists, whatever. I had no idea how they were getting along with their life until I entered into that room and I started meeting them. Right. You know? Right. I love that. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, the doors opened up and, you know, and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So uh, there's this guy who's a Buddhist and, you know, he's talking about his higher power and, you know, the, but he's not talking about Buddha. You know, I just found out later. So everybody just kind of just, leaves their religion at the door for the most part and just uses higher power as their term for the spiritual relationship that they're uh, reaching out for help. 
from, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I think for me, the first adaption was to stop calling him Jesus because um, I didn't want to have, I didn't want it to look like I had a, um, uh, a motive, you know, or I wasn't trying to propagate or anything like that. So for me, it was just like, well, there are other people that don't believe in Jesus here. So I'm not going to get into like a thing, like a theological know? discussion. Like you didn't yeah, want it to make- like, so I just said higher power, you know, because I didn't, I don't want them to think that I'm like trying to convert them or I don't accept them or, and that is, that is something that uh, 12 steps they don't want. They want religion out of the picture. They just higher power, mm-hmm. you know, and you have the right to choose what your higher power is or identify any way you want. But for me, I think it's important that you don't take your faith and say, that's what it has to be for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and so for, for that, it was just internally very obvious that I didn't want to get into a debate. I didn't want to anybody to feel like I was judging them. So I converted my lingo to higher power, which I'm totally fine with that because it's personal for me anyways. But for me, it's Jesus. So, but the topic of the discussion going into it was like, why isn't Jesus helping me until I supposedly enter this room? And now I'm around people that they believe different things than me. So I'm even more confused, but they haven't, right. they, they've got more success than I do. So what do I know? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Right. I mean, they had more peace than I had. They had mm-hmm. more freedom from food addiction than I had. You know, my sponsor, one of them, I found out was a Buddhist. You know, the guy who was helping me didn't even believe what I believed, Wow. you know? And um, so it was just, it was really eye-opening and I loved it at the same time, because to me, that made sense that God is available to everyone, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, when Jesus says they didn't really know me, you know, he talks about when I came back and there are people who really don't know him. I truly believe that that is people that they say they're Christians, but they don't know Jesus. And I do believe that these people know a higher power that's real. Yeah. It's not, it's not your job to make sense of things that you can't, that you're not supposed to make sense of. Right. And uh, so, yeah, I remember this one guy is my very first time. Cause you know, in, in uh, homosexuality, you know, uh, a lot of Christians believe that, that, that they, you can't be a Christian and, and, have, and be, and be a homosexual. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so I remember, you know, just, you know, obviously I had Darren in my life, you know, and so I never really judged people who were homosexual and, you know, and, um, and I've definitely, you know, um, not in a judgmental state, but I never really saw God, a, a person who, who was homosexual from uh, their spiritual perspective before, you know, actually reaching out to God. I was watching it. Yeah. You know, and this was not saying Jesus. I promise you that. And um, but I was like, this guy knows what's going on. This is a very sharp individual. And I was. And he was the one that was saying, you know, I've gotten rid of sugar. I've gotten rid of flour. And I was like, there's no way in hell. I, I'm glad I don't have to do that because I can't do that. You know, but I respected this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, I was listening. I mean, this guy was tuned in and, and I've seen that over and over. There's several th- different people, different faiths and, and even um, it, it doesn't matter what their sexual orientation is or what their belief is. It's the 12 steps are for everyone, you know, and mm-hmm. you, you turn your will and your life over to a power greater than yourself. And I think the best way to explain it is, is that your power is not coming from you. That's the yeah, best way. To right. You're, you're no longer in control. You're no longer capable. You need some help outside 
of yourself. And uh, that's a very humbling place to be. It's a very dependent place to be, but it's a very healthy place to be spiritually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really so that's a sweet spot for uh, for 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 God to work or higher power, whatever, to work with someone who's pliable and teachable and willing to listen, you know, and uh, so then, you know, there's step four and the rest of the steps walk you through basically a spiritual life. You know, that's not inconsistent with pretty much any religion out there. Any religion out there will want you to go to apologize if you do something wrong to somebody as soon as possible. You know, um, if you, you know, if you hurt somebody and you go back and you realize that you go up and you, you make amends, you know, and, and uh, you, you start your day off asking for help, you know, and I mean, it's just all these basic spiritual principles. So that was, I think the big thing that I came out of Nashville with is a really general um, change in understanding of how my higher power works in with other people. You know, and also that my higher power is different than what I know, you know, and one of the prayers that I've recently started to incorporate, it's called a set aside prayer Mm -hmm. and um, says, God, please help me set aside everything I think I know about me, my disease, the 12 steps, and especially you for an open mind and a new experience with me, my disease, the 12 steps, and especially you. You know, and it's just a constantly setting aside what I think I know and try to be open to, you know, whatever is out there that I need to learn or change or adjust to or accept, um, you know, or do. And I mean, and to add to what you're saying, Kev, is like, that's it's isn't it exciting to be look at other people's stories and things and experiences. Like, I mean, basically that prayer to me sounds like, please help me to think outside of myself Yeah, on all, in all levels. Yeah. On all levels. And that's not, that's not taking away from something. That's not, you're, it's like, it's adding something. Like I think mm-hmm. so much, so much, I think what people get so fired up about, like even in politics, this and that, it's like they're so focused on what they believe to be right because they they think that that is going to bring them freedom to something. But really, it's just tying them down. Like right. if, you're, if you're letting go of like, help me think, see outside of myself, it's actually really freaking awesome and fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that freedom of being like, oh, well, we don't have to agree on everything. Like, tell me what's going on. Like what? Da, 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 da. It's called unity. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, I just get all fired up about that stuff because it's like it it's I think in a spiritual walk, it's a lot of it seems to be like, help me to do that because I'm this person. Help me to do that because I fail in this way. Because what about saying like, hey, God, let's like show me what's new. You know what I mean? Like, yes, there's a point to bettering yourself, but also like what's, what is this about? Like, where, you know, like, let's have some fun here. Not like, right. Be like, I'm not doing this today. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just like the Eeyore of like, I don't know. It's just me thinking out loud. But, um, when I think about just, it doesn't have to, you know, thinking differently. Is not scary? It doesn't have right. to be, it doesn't have right. to be. You know? It is. It has been fun. I, 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 I'm 
like I, I get excited about um, things that are, that bring life to things that you would think that would not, you know, um, I, I think that I'm proud of the fact that, you know, the thing that has impacted my spiritual life the most actually came from someone who's homosexual. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget this guy. He, um, he was uh, homosexual and he was out front and he was a Christian and he would go to churches and, you know, do missionary work. And, you know, and I was just like, wow, you know, and I just had a hard time with, with going, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, why do people not accept um, like this idea of homosexuality? But at the same time, I'm like, I'm not really knowing how to deal with it myself. And I read this guy's Facebook page and it says a new command. I give you, this is a quoting Jesus, a new command. I give you love others as I've loved you. Mm. And I mean, this, when I read that, I was just like, it to me has changed everything. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. It changed everything. Well, number one, because very religious people will tell you that the 10 commandments are, have you memorized the 10? Do you know the 10 commandments? You know, <laughs> I mean, the Ten Commandments, you know, that's a Ten Commandments, you know, thou shall not steal. Da, 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 da. We have these Ten Commandments on this thing, you know, on this courthouse. We had Ten Commandments, da, 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 da. you know, and here Jesus is and he says, well, you can go ahead and add another one to that commandment list. You know, it just really like if you really are looking at who Jesus is, he is that he is the creator. Like he is a re- exact representation, a symbolic um, exact representation of a God that we do not understand, that we do not know. He's the uh, imprint of God's nature in humanity mm-hmm. and comes down and says, I have a new commandment for you guys. I know you know these 10 commandments, but a new one that I give you the greatest is to love. What'd you say? The, and the greatest. And the greatest, yeah, is to love others as I have loved you. You know, and it was just like, who, who did he love? Like, what did he do? He did nothing but accept every person that, you know, uh, that exists. He was extremely difficult and hard on people that were judgmental. I mean, it was just changed everything to me. And I think to me, that is exciting. Yeah. You, know? you think Jesus was like smirking when he said that? Like the way I think he spends it. a lot of time kind of just shake my head. SMH, yeah. SMH. Yeah. You know, I have no idea what, like, I just, it, you, you know, you and I, I think we've had these conversations of how um, amazing it, you know, it, it will be to, to be able to have conversations. And, you know, we, we both, I know we believe that. And, and also I know we both believe that it's not an exclusive thing, you know, and, um, you know, so in saying this, it's definitely can be I stick stigmatized or even what's the words um, uh, stigma, you know, like there's a stigma of like believing in Jesus and, and uh, knowing Jesus and, you know, Jesus coming back and what that means. And um, but, you know, like I said, that's what I love about that. A new command I give you. It's just like to me, yeah. Every, and every count big, the 10 commandments are, you know, I mean, it, you know, when you study law, for example, they, the, the, the whole legal system of law of humanity was built and started by the 10 commandments. I mean, and, and the idea of morality in the, the, uh, 
it was all based, and I don't want to say based on the Ten Commandments. The idea of law, though, um, is uh, one of the first examples of law um, running a society was the Ten Commandments. So, you know, for someone to come in and make an adapt and an, an amendment or an addition to that um, is monumental. And no doubt would have been a reason why he was crucified to begin with. And no doubt. Right. You know, um, could have been listed as this guy thinks he's God. I mean, no doubt. When you give somebody a, a new commandment, you know, let me go ahead and give you a commandment number 11. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yeah, it just it kind of changed me. So like what you're saying, it's a whole new, you know, it's it's great to not get caught up in and everything and to live from a perspective that everybody you meet is special and, and, and no matter what their beliefs are, um, you know, uh, they're special and they're, they're, they, they can impact you in a positive way. And that, does that, does that rule my life uh, on a daily basis? I'd love to say that, you know, but I am still messy and, you know, Oh, still, well, are you, are you? Cause, uh, yeah, yeah cause I am too. Welcome to the yeah. club. uh, I was going to say too, that one of my experiences where I was absolutely drew a a hard line as far as um, Christian indoctrination, I guess you could say in my experience with um, being around Christians of a certain type, I guess Mm -hmm. uh, was with Sydney really, because Mm -hmm. Sydney and I, she's one of my closest friends and we're like sisters. And we met when we moved to Oregon or when I moved to Portland, but anyway, um, she wasn't a Christian and she was like my only friend, really like my only really close friend here. And we just connected like super quick. And we thought the same things on so many things. In fact, she was actually more what I could say enlightened you know, and Mm -hmm. so much more than I was. And if I hung out with Christian people at the time, although I, it's not that I was like against Christian people. It was just like, there was something that did not resonate with me around the Mm -hmm. culture of Christianity. And that was someone saying to me, you know, you know, you just moved here and you know, you haven't really mentioned the fact that you're not really you know, you have some friends over here that are not Christian, but then you're not hanging out with people over here that are Christian, you know? So like, you need to pour into your life more in this way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, at that very moment, I was like, you have no idea that the person that I'm spending time with is more of a Christian than I have ever been around. Mm-hmm. So you are wrong I'm, right. for me, you know? And mm-hmm. it, and I know her heart's intention. I totally get what she was saying, you know, for her, but that was not me. And so yeah. it's just so important to like face those hard, those hard truths when you're not agreeing, but it's not, it's not judgment on that person. Like I could easily be like, she's just a religious da 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 to that Christian and be like, right. he's just so churchy. She's so blah, blah, blah. But why there's no point in walking away with like that. Right. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's her. It's just not me. Don't take it on for your identity, yourself. You are created different. Your experiences are different, but I will say, and I, it's funny because what ended up happening was Sydney actually did become a Christian and it was such the most beautiful. I could start crying. It was like literally the most beautiful thing I have ever witnessed. And it was just like, so like, it was just 
beautiful because it was the most undoctrinated experience I have ever had. There was absolutely no religion tied to it except Christ Hmm. giving the simple fact of I surrender myself to something greater. That was it. But as far as the way she lived, the far as the way she thought about things, the way was always God, you know? Right. And so I was always just enamored by that. And I still am. I always call her like, I'm like the Christian that always was like, we would joke around about that before she ever became a Christian. I was like, you know, you are a Christian. You know that, right? Like, <laughs> like, and we would, she was like, you think I was like, said, yes. I mean, put a label to what, you know, whatever. It was just like, I, I, you know, and we would, it's just beautiful. Yeah. Right. It's just beautiful. Yeah. So anyway, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. That's it. It is cool. Not having to necessarily, you know, look at things and be, and be tied to a certain opinion, you know, of, of the way things have to be. And, you know, having that experience with Sydney and, and seeing um, her and you being edified by her and, and growing with her and, and uh, you know, and then, continually being like a sister to her and, and it's just inspiring. Oh, I mean, that's a whole other million podcasts, you know, but yeah, she's just, she is, she's an older sister, you know, in a lot of ways, but she's just, it's just amazing. Like if you're open to things, how things can change and, you know, and it's not, again, it's not saying I don't can't go to church and think this is a horrible place even if I don't feel a hundred percent, it's just don't have the opinion. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's not that I walked away from that, that woman thinking she's wrong. It was wrong for me. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's where it's at, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> I hear you. you it's know? so difficult to, to, to find out where somebody's path is and encourage them along that, whatever that direction is, it's just nearly impossible. Well, and to continue and to this day, we're still friends. That woman and I are yeah. still very good friends. Yeah. And even though we don't agree on any, well, we do agree on a lot and I can connect with her on that level, but she, but the, but the reality is the true reality is, is that she's probably free of something that I'm not in some way that I could agree that I can be humble enough to say, there's probably something in my life that she's free of it. And that I'm not, and we can both join in together and be okay with that. Right. Yeah. And so I can be friends with this person and I can, you know, I I mean, I, I'll say from my perspective, I think of it from, I think of it a little bit different when I think of what one of the, I, I think one of the primary foundational pieces that I get from recovery is there's this, um, there, there is a, uh, a statement in the big book that it says that if we have any resentments for ourselves, people, places, and things, um, then we, we are in a position of pride because we are basically saying that we know more than God. Mm. And, um, and so no matter what is happening, uh, in our lives or no matter what path somebody is on, um, if we judge that path as being incorrect, 
um, then what we're saying is, is I'm going to go ahead and take the position of God. I'm going to say that, that God isn't letting them know what they need to know. So let me go ahead and, you know, you know, so you're not doing your job. Let me go ahead and fix this, you know? And so it, it's a difficult place to be in for both places. It's not necessarily saying, Oh, she's figured something else out and I'm figuring something, you know, it's, it really is like when you say for me, you know, this is where I'm at, you know, I think where the, instead of what you're spending your time on, it's really more of kind of where's, where's your heart at in the sense of how you're viewing people mm-hmm. and viewing yourself. And that'll tell you if you're on the right path right. Um, uh, in one way, you know, I, I just, I, I, for me, that's kind of when I go, okay, I'll sit down and I go, am I, am I heading in the right direction? Um, most of the time I spend most of my trying time. And do I have any resentments? Do I have any fears? Do I, have any, you know, yeah. it's a lot about the way I'm seeing people, mm-hmm. you know, and seeing myself. Um, which a lot of times on the outside doesn't change the direction of what I'm doing, you know? And so from your standpoint, what I felt like you were saying was measuring in a sense of maybe she's got something that I don't have. Um, and maybe she's free of something that I'm not as right. opposed to maybe, maybe, maybe that's just her path and my path. Yes. I They're agree with that. Same, you it, know. It's more for me saying it's, I get that. It, it's more of me saying that God loves us both equally. Yeah. And yeah. there is something about this person to love yeah, and to learn from, right? regardless if I believe what they believe is true or not. Or, yeah, or do what they recommend. Yeah, it's not I about do. my action. It's not my action. Yeah. It's my heart. It's the right. heart. So when I say enlightened about something, like maybe there's something that I'm not free of or this or that, the reality is, yeah. is like, we're two different people. Right. So I, she, I can't literally sit there and say that I have it right all the way. I can't. Right. right. She is, she believes what she believes and, and God loves her all the same and mm-hmm. adores that person and is doing her thing. And I want to look at her in that light. I want to look at that person the way God yeah. looks at them. Totally. And so that's what I was coming from. God, gotcha. my heart, dude, I'm sweating. I'm sweating that out. <laughs> feel that spirit. You know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? You get what yeah, like, I do. that feeling yeah. that is like, to me, euphoria. Yeah, that is good. That's yeah, I know that's right. the battle right there. It's a battle is the, is the, you know, to navigate the messiness of getting things done and worrying about things need to be done sooner, you know, spending too much time on this, the balance and this, that, and the other. And then somewhere in the middle of that, there's, you know, different perspectives and then seeing them different, you know, from a way of the way God would see them a way that, you know, from that perspective in the middle of, especially when there's differences and it's, it's the challenge. Yeah. It's It's messy. It's messy and it's a challenge, but it's good to have conversations like this because it helps give us a gives me a mountaintop experience of being able to see that. And it brings that fresh uh, vision into my interactions that I go into tomorrow, you know? Yeah. Likewise. I mean, the key is, is get messy, Mm. right? I get messy. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but okay. Back to your your amazing journey here. So we're at Nashville and you were facing the spiritual part of it. 
and you were seeing the people that were around you that were different and amazing and feeling all the feels. And then you come, then what happens? Yeah. Then, then, and then I, I got on my medications and I'm in recovery. You're on a a strong path. Yeah. And, and, and things were messy in the beginning too. Um, you know, when I got, when I got to step four, which a lot of people will tell you step four is one of the hardest parts. It's where you take a moral inventory of yourself. And, um, a lot of changes started to happen there. Uh, I started to see codependency. Um, uh, I, I really saw, um, you know, things that I needed counseling over. Um, and, uh, so, you know, then I was also going to school for count for, to be a counselor and social work. Um, and then, um, and then when I finally graduated at that, you know, the time, uh, 2005, I really started around that time looking around and, um, you know, I really wanted a change, you know, I felt like it, I was getting, um, I was around, you know, uh, I was just wanting change and, and my relationships were changing with everybody around me. And I was having a lot of friction, um, uh, it was financial distress and, um, and it just led to me just wanting to try something new, you know? So in a, in a, um, kind of in an adventuresome spirit, I started to explore different ideas, um, like maybe going overseas, um, and, and, or, you know, uh, moving somewhere, you know, where I could start over and take my new counseling. Cause it's like, whenever you start a career, you figure you're going to be there. So I was like, do I want to be in Nashville long-term? And I didn't. And so that's when I started to look outside of Nashville and, and, uh, and kind of taking this whirlwind of like recovery and, you know, uh, counseling and, you know, I was, kind of a duct tape together, hot mess coming together. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta love the duct tape. Yeah. Just duct tape. (laughs) That's a great vision. (laughs) But Hey, uh, it's together. It's together. together. Yeah. I have a direction. Yeah. That's on the right. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. On the right meds. I (laughs) uh, had a sponsor and uh, I knew what I wanted to do and you had a degree and Um, And then that's when I was talking to you about, you know, moving to Portland, uh, Mm -hmm. not Redmond, you know, and uh, because I wanted to live in a a big city um, because I was looking at and then I was looking at overseas and they didn't speak English. And I was like, I don't know, I'm not good with foreign languages and not good with Singapore uh, prostitutes. Yeah. Yeah. Not in Singapore. Singapore is expensive, by the way. That's a really cool place to live. Yeah. I'd like Um, to go there. They got a lot of neat stuff and. Um, they, uh, yeah, anyways, I could go there for, for a lot of reasons, but, um, they, uh, so anyway, so overseas, and then I thought, wow, it'd just be a lot easier to go to the Northwest because it's very different there. They speak English. And, um, so, so I'm talking to you and you're like, yeah, you could stay, you know, on my sofa and, and, uh, and I've always thought it'd be leapfrogging, you know, Redmond to get to Portland. And I was looking at selling my condo and I just go over to Portland, but the housing market was so expensive there. And, um, and I just kind of went back and forth and I finally decided I was going to go and just move to Redmond, you know, and just live with, with, uh, live, live with old Tiffers. <laughs> yeah, you did. It was <laughs> yeah. awesome. It was yeah. Awesome. It loaded my, loaded my forerunner up and I had, I don't know, I moved there sight unseen. It's kind of like I moved to Nashville sight unseen. I moved to, uh, central Oregon side unseen and, and, uh, 
I just, um, I don't know. I just, I, I just, it was, I really was, I felt, I was, I felt in many ways uh, just as lost as I did when I moved from Dallas to Nashville. And um, I, I just, a lot of things were happening. I was financially um, struggling. I had three jobs and um, I wasn't getting along well with dad. I wasn't getting along well with Cindy or, or um, you know, it was just, had a lot of resentments that I was working through and my neighbor and I, somehow he and I got into it. Um, I think it was because I was selling my condo and, and, you know, I, I also realized that when you list your condo at a price, it affects everybody else's price, you know, and I couldn't sell it. Uh, the market was crashing. It was 2007. Um, cause I graduated. Wait, probably 2006. I, it was, it was 2000. No, no, I, I, I went to school in 2005 because I, because I, I moved there in 2007. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joey. Yeah. Is I hadn't right? had, well, I hadn't had Ruthie. Yeah. So 2008 was Ruthie. So. Yeah. So yeah. I moved there. Yeah. I did move to Redmond here in this area, um, 2007. So the housing market started going down. And so I was the first one that listed my condo for a lower level price. And it really affected my neighbors and uh, because their value, they, they remember that they, all the values just kept going up and up and up and uh -huh. up. And so I was like that too. I was like, Hey, everybody list your house up and everything. Well, I listed mine a little bit below cause I needed to sell it. It still didn't get sold at that, that price point. And so I moved and, uh, and I just, I, I just had, there was a lot of, uh, it was very tumultuous in my life at that mm -hmm. time. And, and I, and I, I just, I don't know, I had a financial disagreement with dad um, and he wasn't, I asked him for help and, and, you know, we had a miscommunication about that and it, it, it he helped some, but you know, it was, it was, it, it came, it came across as like, Hey, you've asked me for money. I gave you money and now you're asking for more. And my, my pride was like, wow, that really hurts me because I do need more. I'm stuck, you know, but I don't ask for help unless I need it, you know, and he was in a position of like, I don't want to, I'm kind of scared of creating a need, need, a, you know, a needy situation here. So he's worried about me moving backwards as an independent adult, you know, I was insulted by that. So he and I stopped talking to him, mm -hmm. very upset with that. And, uh, um, and then, you know, I got in a car, was driving, I didn't have very much money. And, uh, and, um, and I, and I, I, I remember I was listening to Pearl Jam a lot. Live. Live. Yeah. And I just love that guitar solo. And uh, I got, I got to Boise and uh, I didn't want to spend money on a hotel. And I thought if I could just drive from Boise, cause I was like, I spent 12 hours driving from one place to Boise. And I was supposed to sleep in Boise that night and drive the next day to Redmond. But I just thought, man, if I could just dr keep driving, I wouldn't have to pay for a hotel room. And I hit Boise and I couldn't find a hotel. I was like, I'm just going to keep driving. So I was getting tired and I played that song alive on repeat from Boise to Redmond. <laughs> <laughs> on repeat. I've never listened to one song. If you think about it, that song is probably like, four minutes yeah and it took like how long does it take to drive from boise to yeah uh, that's Redmond? 
that's a Let's great just question. say it took four hours. I mean, you think that's what it probably takes from Boise to Redmond? No idea. So that's 240 minutes divided by four. I listened to that song 60 times. Jeez Louise. In a wow. row. And uh, it just kept me pumped up. And um, and I just barely made it to your house, man. I remember driving just like kind of like, I can't see anything. I don't, it was a miracle that I made it. I just. Jeez. Half I was half asleep while I was driving, you know, and it was weird because I was driving from Ben to Redmond. I kept thinking, wow, this is a small town, but it keeps looking like a town, but it's not a town. And, you know, and then there was some woods and then there was a town and it's not a town. And I was like, wow. I didn't, and, and it just seems felt like a desert, you know, totally. Yeah. See that totally. There's not a Brian, lot of connecting highways, you know, it's like, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I remember when I was in Burns, I had to get gas. I went out and pumped gas. The guy got mad at me. I was like, what? He was like, get, you're not supposed to be pumping gas. And I was like, can I check my oil? Oh and my God. Yeah. I didn't know. I know. I know. I, we've all been there. We have all been there. Yeah. Yeah. I used to take offense. Like, um, excuse me. I can pump my own gas, you know, <laughs> like, I don't think I can do it. I can do it. Okay. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> So you got to Redmond, got to Redmond. Let me ask you this. Like, what was, like you said, it was a a down point where you were at like a low at that point when you were coming from Nashville to Redmond, like just how you were mentally, spiritually really. So, right. Like just feeling low, you were low. low. So how was that spiritually for you? Where did you feel like, were you thinking practically about, just what you wanted to do, like just practice, was it all practical for you what, with what you were doing? Or did you feel like a, like a pull to go a different direction? You know, like, yeah, I, I think the, the low was because I was in combative relationships all around me. Uh, my whole class uh, turned against me because I got a, uh, an internship where I got paid and that was a new thing. Like nobody had gotten paid for their internship and all these people were pissed off at me. And, um, and I was really struggling financially. Right. Mm-hmm. So when they were being jealous and they were telling their instructor that it wasn't fair that I got paid, they were trying to undermine me. And these were people that I cared about. So I felt like my, my people at the school of counseling, I was just shunning them um, and then my neighbor, he turned on me and he and I had conflict and then dad and I had conflict. And, um, and then I remember, uh, one story, like I was sitting there journaling and I was like, you know, everybody is fake and, you know, they're not sincere. And, you know, um, if I'm going to help somebody, I'm going to help them, you know, I'm not going to, you know, and then this guy came up to me while I was journaling and he says, Hey, uh, I need gas. Can I get a hundred dollars from you? And, I was literally writing. I'm not paid. I'm not going to be selfish. You know, if I can help somebody, I'm going to help somebody. So I looked up at him and I was like, yeah, I can help you. And uh, so I live right over there. You know, can you follow me? So I followed him over there. And I remember thinking, I'm going to give you money and you're going to fuck me over like everybody else. But that's okay because I'm going to be a giver. I'm not going to be a fucking tight ass. That's right. So I went to my little thing. I gave him a hundred dollars. And, uh, and I knew as I was giving it to him, he's like, man, thank you so much. And I was like, you bet. 
I'll never hear from you again. He was like, I'm going to write you back and I'm going to pay. I was like, no problem. You know, good luck. And I was really kind to the guy. He drives off and I look up and see, I'm not a selfish bastard, you know, but everybody else around here, you know, he cares about his money. He won't give me money. You know, my, my fucking, you know, uh, you know, classmates, they're jealous because, you know, I, I'm getting money for my thing, but you know what? I'm not going to be selfish. And I gave the guy a hundred dollars knowing I was never going to hear it. And of course I didn't hear from him. And, uh, so at that point, what I heard was, I'm your father. Mm. I'm your father. And so I said, all right, well, you know, if you're my father, then you need to take care of me because I need a father. So I'm going to move. And uh, so I was pretty belligerent. You know, I was really not happy. And um, I just felt a lot of rejection, a lot of disappointment around me. I was very upset. Um, and I had a lot of unresolved issues with dad that I dealt with later when I moved to, to this area, I went into Al-Anon um, and, uh, and I, I went into those meetings and they're, they're, they're for family members of addicts. Right. And so in my mind, I was like, okay, dad, he went to Overeers Anonymous. He's identifying himself as a food addict. He doesn't think he is, but maybe that's what's going on here. So maybe this, organization could help me. And I went in there and for basically two months, just told them what a jerk my dad was. And, and pretty much they did everything they could to try and tell me that it wasn't him. It was me, you know? And, um, and I did not understand it. And it took a long time of me just listening to them going, you know what, F you, you don't know my situation, you know? And they weren't saying, they, you know, some of them came from there were parents. They were kind of like trying to explain. I wouldn't listen to them at all. <laughs> yeah, you're like uh, X out, like <laughs> yeah, just one ear out the other. Nope, nope. You don't understand. I don't ask for help. Period. Not listening to it. Yeah. And um, but I started to realize that uh, my resentment and my anger and my disappointment was something that I had. I didn't necessarily have control over, but it was tied to my expectations. Mm. And, um, and so when I could accept dad for not being the person that I wanted him to be, um, then I started to find relief and, um, and it was disappointing because I had to let go when of you say relief. Do you mean healing or is it really yeah, healing? Yeah. Healing. It was very healing. And, and then to go, you know what? I, he's not who I want him to be. You know, that's not his fault. You know, um, I want him to be a certain way. I'm sad that he's not that way, but um, I, I can't expect him to be that, you know. And um, and so I had to go through a, a mourning process of, of really understanding that he's not who I thought he was, you know. And um, and and then then I found out who he was and it was plenty. You know, he's not a perfect person. And he's, and he's, there's a lot of things that I wish he was, he was, but when I was able to just accept all of who he was, then all I saw was pretty much positivity for the most part, even though there wasn't the other things that I want that other people were like, wow, that sucks. Or that sucks. That sucks. But mm-hmm. doesn't um, mean it didn't hurt. Doesn't take it didn't hurt. Pain. And then after a while it didn't hurt. Right. I mean, it was like just that, that part of acceptance that comes from, um, recovery is, you know, I'm powerless over this, uh, of my feelings of being, I'm powerless over this situation. I turn my will and my life over to the care of my higher power. If I understand them, I go through the resentments and I had a lot of resentment. So 
resentments are things that we're responsible for. Um, so anytime I have a resentment for somebody else and the way they're doing things, then I am basically saying that I know more than God. And so I'm now faced with, okay, well, if he's supposed to be who he is, then I'm supposed to accept that. So how do I deal with that? So I had to learn to see what was getting in the way for me to accept him who he was, you know, and um, because uh, the 12 steps say that everybody is where they're supposed to be based on where God has them right now. And so if we have any sort of resentment or any sort of fear, that's work that I need to take care of. That's an internal job. And uh, so acceptance of all people in all situations is the answer, right? But how to get there is a spiritual journey. So that when I came to Central Oregon, that was what I was tasked with was not only getting getting on with my career and launching my career, but it was also that, that growth part of, of learning to uh, accept dad for where he was. And the funny thing is, is, you know, once we, you know, got counseling, we got counseling and man, that was rough. You know, that was really hard to do um, uh, because, you know, it was hard to even want to talk to him. And I, I know that he was offended by things that I said. And so it was hard to be honest and, um, but I disowned him. I said, you're not my dad. I have a dad. It's God. You're not it. You know, you're done. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Well, it's, that's a tough spot because it's like going to counseling at the moment in which you're having frustration with that person and you're coping with the fact that you're hurt and you're trying to make through that situation, but also unresolved things from the past combined with that. It's like a freaking freight train of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause I'm, because I'm assuming that you weren't completely, you say resentments, but like you weren't completely resolved with maybe some past stuff. Is that no, true? I, yeah, I wasn't resolved with it. And, um, you know, there's an aspect of keeping things present, you know, and, um, you know, looking at the current situation, that was a therapist that was guiding us through this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was following what they were saying. We were doing it over the phone. Um, this is, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm in Oregon, you know, the counselor, Gordon foot, he's in Dallas and dad's in flower mound. I have heard that name more times than I Yeah. (laughs) Gordon foot. Gordon foot. He's retired now, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's a social worker. He's what I am. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm what he is now. Yeah. So anyway, Gordon foot. Yeah. Gordon was basically trying to help us communicate and we had some pretty tough communication. And then the funny thing is after it's all over, this is classic. Yeah. This is classic. Oh God. He was like, just out of curiosity, like how much would you have needed? And I said about, I don't know, I don't know, 1200 bucks. He was like, are you shitting me? If you just told me that I would have given it to you. (laughs) This is disowning him for three months. Jeez. This it is classic. It's, it's all classic, classic in a lot of ways. It's all classic. It's yeah. all classic. It's really that's the class. Yeah, it's just that. I mean, it's, it's like you know what it is. It's like our family is like the Griswold of relationship. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like there's like the Griswolds of things happening, but we were like the Griswolds in relationship, right? Yeah, yeah. Like hit and miss, hit and miss, hit and miss. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyway, yeah. geez. So. 
getting to Redmond, starting your career, getting resolve, Mm -hmm. you know, starting a new life, which is exciting. You know, you you had your masters and yeah, it was, it was, there were a lot of, there was a dark cloud that I was coming out of, but it was, it was, I was heading towards the sunshine, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, man, uh, Redmond is, was so awesome. I remember taking Joey out to that slide, you know, park and, I think I might have been the first person to put him down that slide. I really do think I was. Oh, really? I do. You I do, do think I was. Yeah. Oh, you mean by himself? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah, by himself. If yeah. it was, I mean, of course, the things yeah. that you done to me, I can only imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Throw him in. Just throw him in. You know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he went down that slide. He was a little scared. Oh yeah, I'm sure yeah. he was. He's, he's Joe. I bought him a SpongeBob radio. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, Speaking of which, you, you always threw the best birthday parties, man. Oh, I do. I love a good birthday party. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. Does Tobin still get the good ones as much as Ruthie and Joey? You know, it's funny with him. Um, he does in a different way. You know, mm-hmm. there's such a age gap there, but you know, Tobin, it's, for Joey and Ruthie, they wanted different things. Whereas Tobin just want, he's different. He's a different kind of kid. Yeah. You know, he wants experiences. He does not, he's not so much like decorate for me or anything like that. Like Joey and Ruthie were like, what, what am I going to wake up to? And what's like this epic, this epic situation, you know, and Tobin's just like, he looks at it more as a family thing. And yeah, he has friends and stuff like that. But I think we started him so young with like, Cause the kids were the older ones were so much older. So they, you know, it was like, it was just different, you yeah. know, just, he just yeah. wants to be with his family. Right. And right. friends. Yes, too. But it's in his being in February. Um, there's not a lot you can do, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. winter. Yeah. It's February. It's like right in the spring. It's like before things start to happen. Mm-hmm. It's still late winter. Yeah. That makes sense. So like he, he's, he associates his birthday with bowling because that's what we did for his fifth grade or fifth five-year-old birthday party. And he loved it. And so bowling is his, you know, you've taken a bowling, like he just loves, he's a good little bowler too. Yeah, man. He's a a baller bowler, man. Baller. Anything has to do with the ball. He's good with it, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I mean, that was such a beautiful experience having you there too. I mean, that was just, I mean, it might've been a hardship at the time, but for us, it was like, we were, you know, hardship with the kid part, but it was like a beautiful time, you know? And then, and then you being at the time, which you were 36, right? Yeah. And that's another big part of your journey. It was like, you're still single and 36 Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, now you're in Redmond and then what happens after that? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is around that time, you know, I remember waking up in um, the middle of the night in October and I remember thinking, I know that things were kind of, it was kind of like, you know, I was, it was there for three months, hadn't sold my condo. And, uh, and it was definitely kind of like, you know, things were starting to, um, they were, they were starting to look like, wow, when is, when am I going to get my own place? You know, I'd gotten a job, 
mm-hmm. um, working at Lutheran Computer Service. But I was sending all my money to Nashville to pay for this condo that wouldn't sell. Mm-hmm. And um, and so I had this epiphany in the middle of the night. I was like, you know what? I have money coming in. Um, I, I just need to just let go of this condo. So I called the real estate up, agent up the next day. I said, hey, I'm not sending any more money to that condo. Just let it go into foreclosure. And uh, the real estate agent was shocked. And because it was before the, the real estate, before the housing market went to hell. So I was one of the first ones, right? I was basically like, hey, I'm going to let this thing go. And it was still 2007. It was a year later before people started to really experience that. And uh, he said, hey, do you mind if I just pay your mortgage till I sell it? Because I think I can sell it. And I was like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, but I need to, I'm not sending any money to Nashville anymore. And um, so uh, just a miracle. He said, well, I'll take it. And I, he started paying my mortgage. And I think he paid like one or two mortgage payments and then he sold it. That's a, and that's amazing. It is amazing. It was a miracle. It's just another example of, you know, my father, God, my father looking out for me, you know I mean? It's just it, it, that, that was a, an example of like, God, I'm doing this. And, and by the way, I stopped hearing from God specifically. Like, I don't hear like a lot of direct things. I did hear, hey, I'm your father, kind of. But a lot of things, like, I think for me, a lot of things are more of just, I when I experience my higher power and God, I, I feel my higher power. It comes in the sense of connection. But direction is really kind of like I'm flying blind. And, um, and so a lot of, uh, it used to be very like I'd feel directed and go directed and go, but that changed after I graduated college and I felt like it was very different. Um, I, the last time that I heard from God, like specifically direction was when I was uh, in Dallas and it was like, I'm with you in ways that you can't understand mm-hmm. and I will lead you and you won't understand. So that was like the last time that I felt like I got clear direction, which is basically like, I'm going to lead you and you're going to be confused. (laughs) So, you know, and so I sat on that and still do. And still do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if, if, if he tells me what's going on, then I wouldn't be confused. So I've been confused ever since basically. And so what what I do is in the meantime, I'm going to just make decisions. So you know, look out for me. So that's what I did is the condo was like, I'm just not sending any more money. And it, and, and then I moved out, you know, we had that celebration mm-hmm. um, and uh, being single at that time, I was on match.com and, uh, and, and I just got, I've had so many internet, you know, catfish, couple catfish things. I mean, just being single for that long. I mean, I honestly, I was like beyond thinking I was a failure. I didn't know what was going on, man. I mean, right. it was just like my, my self-esteem was so up and down and, and, uh, and I, I kind of felt like I was doing what God wanted me to do. And then I was like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I started dating anybody I wanted to date. And, uh, I left a relationship in Nashville that what didn't even seem like a relationship. And I was just a hot mess when it came to relationships. So I'm on match.com. I look up like the six hottest girls on there and start, you know, I set them. In there. Yeah. <laughs> I got like no response back except for one. 
And, um, and she sends this nice email as a nice response. She seemed interested. So I respond back and said, Hey, you know, nice to meet you. Is that, you want to go get coffee? And I got a response back saying, no, I'm, I'm, I'm busy that weekend. So, uh, so I'm thinking, man, you know, that was weird because she sent me a really cool email. Right. You know, and it was very thoughtful and even asked me questions. And so, um, so then I, uh, and of course, you know, the story, but I'm telling the story. Oh yeah. No, I love, I love yeah. hearing this. Story. <laughs> so, so I'm scratching my head and I send her another email just to kind of the in-between email because you know, oh, yeah. I look, keep, you know, the, like keep it. Keep the Keep bait going. How's yeah. going? And how's your week? And this, that, and the other. And okay, well, hey, talk to you later. You know, then the next one did seem like the waters were calm, you know, like she's interested and say, hey, this weekend, love to get together on Thursday. Maybe we could have a cup of coffee or Saturday. Response back, you know, very thoughtful email. Oh, yeah, how's this going? By the way, I'm busy this weekend. So I was like two weekends in a row and there's no, or two times in a row and there's no like, but let's get to get, you know, it was none of that. So uh, I was like, this ain't, this is confusing me, but it's not happening. So, um, so about that time I sold my condo and I went and got a camera. It was a one megapixel camera, which back then was a big deal. Right. Uh, now it's nothing, you know, right. but Those are now it's like a phone, right? It's, yeah. So at that time I was like, okay, I'm going to take, and I was, and I was excited because I was going to celebrate and took you and Brian out to dinner mm -hmm. uh, with Joey and I was Ruthie there. I can't no. Remember. Okay. So Ruthie wasn't there. Mm -mm. And, uh, and we went to the blacksmith, uh, oh, yeah. got steak, huge celebration. I survived. I, I made it. I got a job and I sold my condo and now I have money to get my own apartment. And, uh, but this also, I had a little secondary gain in this is I'm going to get a picture with this nice camera with me and my sister and I'm going to put it up on that thing. And I'm going to make her jealous because one thing I know about women is if they see you with another girl, they're going to be jealous. And the second thing is if they see you with another woman, they're going to think you're not creepy. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I, it's always like, is he sure he can be nice, but is he creepy? Right. Sure, is he sure. safe? So I was like, I got nothing to lose here. So I take a picture of you take a picture with, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so so i post the picture up there right and uh like not even 24 hours later i get an email from her i hadn't heard from her in weeks uh saying hey i think i can get together with you you know <laughs> and uh so and then i so called fantastic. her yeah i called her that night when i got the i was so excited i called her and i was actually in portland and uh on business and i called her i talked to her on the phone and uh and um she i was walking around portland buying furniture that that we ended up bringing in when we got married i brought into her house mm. um yeah but yeah it, it started with your with you and i taking a picture together oh and she wasn't there like confusion like because you had to clarify it was your sister didn't you like wasn't there like a topic about that or something it was a little bit i knew there would be you know yeah I mean, you're like i didn't know i was a functioning part of that actually <laughs> but it sure did come out because it wasn't you know, a major thing but it was just like i've just learned over time that there's something tied to safety but wait is he wait is he available you know you know you go right from he's not a creep to oh maybe i like him you know and right the uh, switch totally so, yeah switch. 
that switch happened while we were talking and she was like, yeah, I didn't really know. I was like, yeah, that was my sister. Cause I didn't want to tease her. I was interested in meeting her. Sure. You know? And, um, so, uh, anyway, so Angie and I, then we went on our first date, October 12th, um, 2012. And I was living, I just moved out of your place in early October. And so that's when I had my first date with Angie, my current wife. And, uh, we got, we, we met in 2007, we got engaged in 2008, got married in 2009, had Avery in 2010. And it's been that way ever since. Yep. Yeah. She was the right person. Mm -hmm. Um, she was not what I would say would be what I would have expected faith wise. I think this is a really interesting story again of that, you know, I'm going to leave you. Yeah. Yeah. Spiritual, yeah. Yeah, like your spiritual, spiritual. it was like, you know, falls in line with, you know, Kevin, I'm with you in ways you can't understand. I'm going to lead you and you won't understand. This was a great example because in my mind, I'm a Christian. I'm like, Hey, what's going on with scriptures? What's your favorite scriptures? And Angie, none of that. I mean, she, she, um, she was definitely an enigma because, um, she was, uh, had come out of a divorce. Uh, it was January, and we were having our first date in October. And so when I found that out, I was really shaken because being 36, I'd been, I'd been around divorced women before, you know? And, um, and so I know that that's not typically a serious situation you're getting into, right? you know? And, um, and so I was not looking for that. I was looking for the right person. And um, so I almost broke off the date. And I remember uh, <clears throat> the week before I was talking to her and I was so close. I got off the phone with her and I was like, I'm going to break this thing off. I, I know it's not going to be anything. And, you know, I'm scouring her matchbook thing, match, whatever. And there's nothing on there about Jesus or scriptures. And I'm just like doubting the situation. And then I just thought, you know what? She's beautiful. You're in a new town. Just go, just go have a good time. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to make out with her. You don't have to do anything. Just go have a good time. So, um, we go out to, uh, to McMenamin's and, uh, um, we see this movie and, you know, and, and go for cocktails afterwards. And, um, and I'm talking to her and I'm still in that mode of like, she's really attractive, but I'm in total control. This date is not going anywhere. And, um, you know, and I'm really having a good time with her, have a martini and everything. And, uh, and then she takes off her jacket and I'm just like, Oh, I'm like in trouble now. She is very, very attractive and not just her, but I was attracted to all of her. And I instantly, instantly was like, I need to end this. So I said, so tell me your relationship with God. Yeah. And I was like, this is going to be over like right now. And uh, because I did not want to go there. I did not want to be with a, a divorced woman who I'm going to go down a road with, and it's going to be a lot of one thing, but it's not going to be anything else that I'm looking for. And you're like, uh, now she's hot. Dang it. Yeah. I'm done. I, I'm weak. I'm weak. Mm. You know? So I'm like raising the white flag. Like, so yeah. tell me your relationship with God. You know? <laughs> she Little does she know it's like, a, like she was trapped. Like you were trapping, like, I don't know. You're, what do you like, mean? you're waiting for a bad answer. Yeah, totally. I'm waiting yeah. for the setup. And she yeah. says, well, you know, I used to do young life when I was in high school and, you know, I've, I've done a lot of the other side. I think I'm ready for church. 
you know, and, uh, and I was just like, huh, okay. I like that answer actually, because I've met a lot of Christians that, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, that aren't, you know, that sure they can know the scriptures, but this sounded like somebody that really was interested in a different kind of life, you know, right. a life that, you know, wasn't gamey or wise or, you know, just somebody that seemed like they really wanted to have a, a whole pure, not authentic. like pure, but just an authentic, like a, you could do something with somebody like that. Like yeah. they really want a good life, you know? Yeah. And I was like, huh, well, that's, huh. I was kind of like, that was not an answer I was prepared to judge. Um, but I was like, it worked. I was like, okay. So I said, well, let me tell you, I have a food addiction. You know, I'm like getting rid of, I mean, I'm like, you know, lay it all out there. Yeah. Yeah. She was just confused. And uh, so I was like, yeah, I got this thing with food and I go to this recovery program. (laughs) She's just like, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I was doing everything I could to end it. And uh, so you know, we just kept having a good time and she just listened and, and, uh, we just kept talking and she asked questions. And after it was over, I was walking her to her car and I said, yeah, I'd really, I'll give you a call. She was, didn't think I was going to call her. She's like, yeah, we'll see. And in my mind, I was like, wow, if she says that she probably wants me to call because she says, we'll see if you call, you know? And, uh, in my mind, I'm like, I'm definitely calling. So I walked out of that date really excited. I was very excited. So then the second date was like two days later, uh, I invited her over to my house to watch the Cowboys play football. And um, she brought Paul over. That was the first time I met Paul. So that was on the 14th of October. That's her son. That was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And he was six. Well, he was five mm-hmm. at the time. He was about to turn six. And, um, and that was just a, you know, she brought her dog over and, you know, it was a typical day, you know, of a woman that had a child, you know, mm-hmm. it was trying to accommodate here let's get the dogs to play together and paul what do you like to do and he liked to play darts so he was throwing darts at a dartboard and i had other friends over and so um it was just nice it was nice to have her there and i really liked her a lot um never stopped liking her you know and uh and then uh my biggest asset was you (laughs) biggest asset was you because man i i don't remember how did you guys meet well so you know what i had actually just you know what was this before i got pregnant with ruthie or after no it was before so okay Joey was getting to this age where he was like more independent and that kind of stuff. And Brian, and I wanted to go out more. Like I wanted to go have fun and like, go do see the scenes. You know what I'm saying? Uh And so, and of course I wanted to hang out with you. And so she, the first time I met her, she was at Joey's birthday party or I don't know. She was like, no, it was your house. No, it was your house. Yes. I also came to Paul's birthday. But the first time was my house. I want to say the first time I met her was at your house. Was it at that cowboy game? No. Maybe it was her. Maybe it was Paul's birthday. I don't know. It it was around that time. It was around that time. But just in meeting with her, it was like, oh, she's fun. I liked her. Like, I, you know, I was just liked being around you guys. Like, I wanted to do fun things, you know, like hang out with my brother, you know, and go do fun things, you know? 
Right. So that's where I kind of felt like I was like the third wheel in so many. No, that I I very quickly. Oh my god! It was so fun. I, yeah. I said I, I just looked at her. I very quickly became third wheel. She went like this. <laughs> she shook her head up and down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'll never forget. It was funny after we went to your house to play uh, Mafia. Oh yeah, um, yeah. And uh, she told me she's like your sister. She's she's kind of different. Like she. She pulled me into the clot to the bathroom and she gave me some perfume that you like and said, here, wear this. <laughs> um, <laughs> She's like creep, like weirdo. And I was like, God, way to go, Tiff. Yeah. And uh, and then um and 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 then somehow she she clicked with you. The next thing you know, and I'm driving you two around. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh, all right, we, we were all going to go out dancing and she sat in the back seat with you. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that so much fun though? That was such a, like you dating her and figuring it all out. Well, I could just be like a, a person on the wall, like looking in and just having a blast. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm like, I think about it. I'm like, where was Brian? Like he was just at home he was watching, watching Joey. He was, he was watching was... Joey. So I could have a, <laughs> so so I could help you to like hit it off basically, yeah. which obviously it did. And it did. And she connected with you, which really helped a lot. You know, yeah, it really helped a lot. You were, you're a huge, huge, um, safety, uh, place for her, I think. And, uh, and building trust, uh, with me, cause I think it's probably what sped things along. Right. You know, and cause bit. it did go fast after that. Yeah. I mean, once yeah, you got, once you got to the place where you're like, even though there was like that Rocky, maybe we shouldn't be together. Maybe we should, you know, kind of making some heart like t- turns. Like you're like, they were doing this and we're not right. I mean, there was, a- yeah, there was a, um, yeah, it, 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 you might have to divide this thing. I mean, it's the story. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of, I mean, <clears throat> you do what you, what you want. If you want to go into that, you know, it basically, I think it's one of the greatest love stories of all time. Well, then go for it. I, I think it is. I, it is. A, it is a beautiful story. Yeah. Tell, yeah. The, tell the church part of it. Remember oh yeah, when? I was gonna. Say, I was gonna say that. Yeah. So, okay. um, so this this is my my relationship story with, with Angie. So, um, what happened when I was in college at the University of Texas? My fresh my sophomore year, my roommate and I. Um, we spend a pencil on the map of Texas and wherever that pencil stopped, we agreed that we're going to go to that town someday. Mm -hmm. And um, so I spend the pencil and it went around and around and around and it landed and pointed at the city called garden city. And I'd never heard of garden city. And, you know, as both of us were kind of staring at it thinking there was going to be this magical moment. It was like, huh, Huh. nothing there. So uh, he spent and then it was over. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so fast forward, graduated college. Um, I'm driving out to Midland, Odessa uh, to do medical sales. And I drive right by the sign. It says Garden City. And um, and I just was like, ah, I'm supposed to go to the city, Garden City. I just remember that. And I got to get to this appointment, but I'm like, when are you ever going to be out here in the middle of middle in Odessa? Yeah, no kidding. West Texas. 
And um, so I turned around and I, I decided to go back there and I turned in the sign. I drove into the town. There was one light. I think it was a stop sign actually. And, um, and I looked around, there was nothing but a church and like a school. And so I'm thinking there's some kind of like some kind of significance in this place. And, you know, I spend a pencil and, you know, and, and so, and, and anyways, I, I just basically kind of go, well, there's nothing really here, but I'm going to go into this church. So I go into the church. It was open. There's nobody in there. And I sat down and I said a prayer. And then while I was praying, um, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to write uh, a journal entry down and I'm going to put it in the roof of this church. And it's going to be a message to God that will always be there forever. And no one will know it's there except for me. And uh, so I wrote something down and I put it in my tobacco can and uh, and I pushed the ceiling up and I put it up there. And um, so fast forward, you know, uh, uh, you know, that was that was uh, uh, what when was that? That was that was 1990. It was June. I think it was June 12th, 1997. No, no, it was. Uh, What's what's Chelsea's birthday? Chelsea's mm, birthday. 20, uh, the, the 28th. It was June 28th, uh, 1997. So um, <clears throat> so fast forward all this time, uh, I moved here in 2007 and I'm dating Angie. It was 2008. It was 2008. Okay. June. Yeah. Ruthie was, I was pregnant with Ruthie then. Yeah. Makes sense. June 28th, 2008. Is that what it was? For. And what's Chelsea's birthday? Chelsea and Tasha's birthday? 28th? Yeah. J- J- their birthday is the 28th. Yeah. yeah. Joey's is the 26th. Okay. 28th. <clears throat> so, anyways, so fast forward, I'm dating Angie and uh, we have this kind of this, uh, this breakup and everything. And, and I'm thinking, you know what? I just, I don't know if we're the, the best fit. And um, she she had her walls up and everything. We broke up for like 24 hours, and she called me up and said, "Hey, I'm I'm really I'm I'm I've had my walls up, and you know um, I, you're I haven't really been affectionate with you, and 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 for me it wasn't I was I wasn't angry. I was just like I just I think this isn't I don't think this is a good fit, and I wasn't getting that affection that I was looking for, and and uh, it wasn't sex. It was not that. It was really just just affection and attention and connection and all that. And, um, and so then she said, I'm not, I I really have had my walls up. And so we gave it another try. Well, very soon after that, I started to have real like, like long-term feelings for her. And as I'm at work, I'm starting to remember this, thinking about this church, like a long thing. I just like something about this, it's just, I was thinking about it day after day. I was like, what is in that church in Garden City? I left something up in that church and I'm having these feelings for Angie and I don't really know what it is. And so finally I decided <laughs> to call the church up because I so I feel like something's going on with that. Whatever I wrote in that, I wanted to know if it was a prayer or I just wanted to know for my own. It just seemed like it was connected to this with Angie. And, um, and so I called, ended up having to call the school and I, they said, Oh, you need to talk to, uh, I can't remember her name right off Jenny or Jenna. And, um, so I got her number and I talked to her. I said, listen, I'm, I'm Kevin Shaw. I was there. I was in your church in that church in 2008. And, uh, there is a prayer that I put. Oh, up- not 2008. 
like 1998. I was not, it was 1998. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. 1998. I was, I, I didn't know when it was. I said oh, okay. a long time ago, I was in that church and I stopped and, and she was asked me all these questions and she kind of had this epiphany. She's like, wait, so it's there right now. It's like, yes. Oh my gosh. Healing. So I can tell you where it is. You walk in the door and it's the room to the right. And um, she's like, okay, I know where that is. So if I get a ladder and I go up there, I'll find it. I said, yes, you will. And she says, okay, I'll do it. Um, and uh, so it, she's like, why don't you give me a call on Sunday? So I'm like, okay. So I call her on Sunday and she had it in her oh. hand. She had the tobacco can in her hand. Oh, I can't even <laughs> handle that. It's so amazing. I love it. And she says, do you want me to open it? I'm like, yes. 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 I can't believe she had it. She had it. And yeah. so she opened it. I didn't. It. I can't believe she hadn't. I know. It. it was so sweet. And yeah. she was so respectful. And she became very much a part of the story. And mm-hmm. um, so she opened it and read it. And what it was, it was a written proposal to my future wife. Ugh. Can't even. I mean, yeah. I couldn't believe it. I obviously completely forgot it. And here I am having feelings for Angie. And uh, we kind of had this big, you know, breakup, but it was solid after that. And I could see everything. I could see that she was everything I was looking for. And so I said, what's the date on that? What's the date on that? And I always date my journal entries. And she said, uh, June 28th, 1998. And that I was sitting there like in, uh, March, you know, and, um, and I said, okay, uh, somehow, or, or I don't know if it was that conversation. So let me call you back. I called her back. She said, do you want me to send it to you? I said, you know what? Hold on a second. Just let me, let me think about it for a couple of days. And I'm gonna call you back. And a couple of days I decided I'm going to fly her to that church. I'm going <laughs> to. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna you're going to cry. <laughs> oh, I love this. Oh. I'm going to fly her to that church and 10 years to the day. I'm going to ask her on that day, 10 years exactly from that day. So it's going to be June 28th, 2008. I'm going to ask her to marry me on that day. Okay. And, uh, so she was just like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And I was like, can you, can you put it back up at <laughs> the ceiling where it was and just put it up there? And she was like, do you want me to hold now? Nah, just go ahead and put it up there. Cause I'm going to come get it. I'm going to come get it. We're going to fly down there. So meanwhile, she did and my whole town knew about it. Oh, you know, the whole town, which is like 50 something people or 150 <laughs> people or something, you know? And so and then I had work to do because I had to get Angie caught up to where I was because right. she was, meaning I, like I, you wanted to propose, but you were worried, like, is she ready to be proposed to? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. And um, so I decided like, I'm going to buy the ticket anyways. I don't know how this is going to work, but if it's, you know, if this is God, then it's God. If it's not, it'll just be an epic fail, you know? And um but uh, I was just going on faith. And uh, so um, it was pretty big lead up here. Like, you know, it was like, wow, that thing really said a proposal and I've got Angie here. And um, so then all of a sudden I had this epiphany kind of around that time, I'm kind of going along, kind of seeing how the relationship is doing. We seem to be doing good and everything. I'm like, how am I going to get her there? And, um, and uh, then it occurred to me, 
Um, uh, I was like, okay, so how am I going to do this? So then I was like, I just had to soft pedal everything. So I was like, Hey, I'm going to go up and visit my parents, you know, sometime in June and, um, just go up there and you want to come along with me. I'm going to go, you know, we're going to go out and do some, this, that, just make up a bunch. They have really good shopping. I mean, I was just trying to (laughs) come up with something. You know, but yeah. you don't have to go. It's yeah. not a thing. You know, it's not right. a thing, you know. Right, right, right. right. No biggie. <laughs> I, it's not a parent thing, you know. Yeah. It's not to meet my parents. And uh, <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, let me think about it, you know. And she's like, yeah, I think I'd like to go. I got to think about something to do with Paul. And So then as then like a month went by and I realized like, okay, I've got her going with me to, to Dallas. And then it, it came to me, I kind of learned her personality. She always says no before she says yes. Mm. She's a no person. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, Hey, you go to the yeah, I'm going to go to the movie. Uh, I don't know. Uh, not really. And I convince her, you know, yeah, you know, let's go to, let's go to Winterfest. I don't, I don't know. I don't want to go. And, but this, but that, okay, I'll go, you know, it's always a no. And then, it, you know, it's mm-hmm. a, you know, and, um, I don't want to play mafia. Well, it's great. It's just people getting together. You know, I don't want to play mafia. I, I'm, really, I'm not good at it, but you know what? Everybody will be together. Okay. I'll go. You know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I realized I was like, I have to get her to say a no about this, about our relationship before she's going to say yes to a marriage, you know? And uh, so I developed this plan. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to press her to get a no. And then I'm going to leave as soon as she says, no, I'm bailing. Cause I don't want any pressure on her, but I want to get it out there. So I didn't ask her. I just was laying there. We're watching TV. And I said, so, you know, I've met your parents and now you're going to meet my parents. And she was like, how are you feeling about us? And she was like, I feel good. You know, I feel really good. You know, I like, I like what, you know, this is great. You know? And I was like, so how are you feeling about meeting my parents? You know, really pushing it. Right. And, yeah. Uh, she was like, all of a sudden she was like, Oh no, I'm not there. I'm not. No, Kevin, I'm not. Uh, no, that's not, that's not at all where, where I'm at right now. And uh, I said, okay, that's cool. And you know, I get that. And I, you know what? I got to go. I actually, I forgot that I had this <laughs> thing. I got to get together. I mean, can we just pause for a second? Yeah. That you know her so well that you don't even get rejected by the fact that she would say no, but you're like hoping that she says no. Like that's not. <laughs> <laughs> that is so you. Oh my God. Okay. So you're like, yes, she said no. But yeah, it was, like, well, it was, it hurt a little. I mean, obviously, but it was the goal that I was getting to, you know, right. I, it was yeah. a necessary evil. Sure. Uh, so it didn't feel good, but I was like, it was part of the plan. And I was, it felt good that I knew what was going on. And uh, so I said, yeah, I'm really, I have to go. She's like, what, I'm, where are you going? And I was like, oh, I got this thing at work. I, I just need to go to my house and work on it. She was like, oh, okay, well, all right. And, you know, I was like, Hey, uh, good to see you. And, and uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow. So I got out of there. It was really hard to get out of there. That's exactly what I wanted because I didn't want to sit there and have it be a pressure thing. Sure. You know, I wanted to create space for her to have the thought and just kind of digest it. So like, I didn't bring it up at all. She kept like, she kept like, so how are you doing? Oh, great. I'm doing great. You know? And she's like, well, we kind of had a, you know, a serious conversation. It's like, Oh no, I'm good. You know, it's Okay. 
you know, and, um, and I was just letting it sit because it's just, I just, that's what my gut was telling me. And, mm-hmm. um, and in the meanwhile, there's this song by Sanctus Real. Mm. I don't know if you know that band, but it, I know that I know that band. Yeah, something's happening, something like that. Something's happening, and I'm listening to this song, and it's just like blowing me away. And I, I put that in there because it's a precursor, and it's just like tearing up thinking about it. And it's about like things are happening, and you know, it, you know, things the change is happening, and you know, uh, it's time for change and, you know, and time for healing. It's a time for healing, you know, and I'm having this really incredible relationship with Angie and I've never had, you know, a relationship like that lasted longer than three months. And, uh, and so it meant a lot. And so, uh, then what happens is eventually Angie's just out of the blue, you know, and we're, we're coming up about a month before we're flying to Dallas. And I'm just like, you know, the, the, you know, she's the last thing she said is I'm not, not there yet. We're about a month in getting pretty close. And she brought it up. She's like, you know, that thing that you kind of brought up a while back and I'm open to talking about it. And right then I was like, bingo. Got it. Yeah. That's exactly what I needed Mm -hmm. right there. And uh, so we flew, uh, you know, when the trip came, we flew and uh, flew to Dallas and she loved uh, our family. Mm-hmm. Um, she really, really like, I mean, man, she took to all of us. Like, I mean, she loved Ed Cindy. She loved Chelsea and Tosh and um, she already loved you. And uh, she, uh, she didn't know Brian very well, but she understood our relationship. So she kind mm-hmm. of, knew what Brian was about and our story. And so she just loved it. She just loved it. She still loves coming to our house. Mm-hmm. She loves being in Dallas with our family. She feels so at home. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so we flew to, um, we, we, she thought that we were going to visit Ruth, uh, grandma dying in a hospice out in garden city. Or uh, Ro- no Rose. Rose. Excuse Rose, me. Rose. Yeah. Yeah. Rose. Which, not, yeah. Not Rose. Yeah. And uh, so she thought we were going out to Garden City to visit Rose, who was dying in a hospice out there. And uh, we drove up to the church and um, I stopped and I said, so I need to tell you, we're not here to visit Rose. And um, and she just looked like deer in a headline. (laughs) She literally she wasn't like, oh, really? No, no, no. She was thought I was going to take her out back, bury her in a ditch like she looked straight ghostly yeah she did she was like what we're not here to see rose what and i was like well i'm here to talk to you about something i want to take you into this church and she's like that church (laughs) and uh i mean yeah yeah come on so i brought her up and and uh you know i climbed up the ceiling and pulled that thing down and i got on my knee and read it to her and you know i mean she said yes, and it was, it was just amazing. Were people around too? Were people around? Well, after she said yes, then we came out, and there was the lady. I, I wish I remember her name. She had told so many people in the town that we went and had lunch at the only restaurant, which was in the gas station. And people came in, like the preacher of the church and this football coach, and they all sat down with us, and they they were like, "We've been here. We've been waiting for so long." <laughs> we went to people's houses we went to this one person's house and family yeah and he gave me this shirt 
of his high school. Uh, he's a high school football coach. Anyways, I still have the T-shirt. He gave what? me a high school football shirt. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so then we came home and it was Chelsea and Tasha's birthday and it was a huge celebration. celebration. Yeah, but that's that's the story. Now, oh, the, the last piece of this is when we were in Love Field in Dallas, I'm sitting out there waiting and Sanctus Real, the band walked by. What? Yes. And I recognized them and I said, hey, are you guys Sanctus Real? And uh, they said, yeah, yeah. I was like, wow. I mean, I really love that song that you guys have. It's just amazing. You know, and I was like, Angie, this band right here, this is this oh song my gosh. going on. Yeah, oh yeah. My that is just so extra. That's like extra plus the extra extra. Like only you. I, I swear. That's amazing. I remember when you were like, we had a conversation and before you were going to go and I, this is back when you were still to get, you were together, you'd gotten back together and you were telling me this is what I'm going to do and blah, blah, blah. And, yeah. and I was kind of, and you're like, I just don't know. She could say no, she could say no, you know? And I was like, pause, pause, pause. I was like, let's talk about the ring. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh man you know i was just like i just loved having that conversation with you because it was like you were just had this like she could say no she could say no you know and i'm like yeah in my head i'm like she could say no she could yeah. you know i mean it wasn't like it was it's you know yeah, you know there true. was a leap of faith there yeah when you had put all the you had everything all lined up and it was all good, but it was definitely not something that she, right. I mean, she had no inkling, like literal none. none. Well, I found out later that she actually had a little bit of a heads up from an email. Ugh, she was looking through my emails for something. I can't remember what it was, but my thing was open and she saw something about a ring. Oh, and okay. um, so she started to wonder and um, so I think she was kind of in denial, you know, mm -hmm. but I think secretly behind there, it was kicking around, yeah, know, kind of stirring around. So she wasn't in total shock. And I think that it was supposed to happen like that. So she Probably. just was totally because, man, I did a really good job. And, and I do remember talking to you about the ring. And I remember I got quality of the rock, get a smaller one, get a bigger one, not as much. You were like bigger. <laughs> I mean, it didn't even enter. It's just bigger. <laughs> Get bigger. Okay? Hey, and I did right. I liked <laughs> did. it, right? She liked she it, right? She loved, yeah, she loved that ring. Oh, that is so great. That is yeah. so great. That's just, that's just such a beautiful, and it has continued to be a beautiful thing, union, you know? Yeah. It's like it never gets old, that story. It, it, no. it, it, it does. And, and, um, you know, I'm grateful and, you know, it's just, a uh, it, it, yeah, it really is. It's, we have, it gave us a strong foundation for sure. I think mm -hmm. yeah, definitely is a gift for sure. And I just, I just feel like I want to say this about Angie too, is that, you know, one thing I really, really respect about her or like about her is that, you know, it's, it wasn't so much what I really liked about her, it wasn't so much that, cause you were, you were ready, full fledged, da, 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 da. you know, you were mm -hmm. like, I'm doing this I'm da, 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 da. and I know your, I know your speed. 
on a lot of things. Your speed is fast, which I can kind of relate to, but I, you're, you're intense and you mean well, and you have an amazing heart. And I, and I get that about you. I, I get that. I, with her, it was just interesting to see how, as I got to know her through the years was just like everything that she was, I mean, everything that she had gone through with being married before being Mm -hmm. divorced and coming out of that horrific relationship. And then it wasn't even a year before she met you, Yeah, you know, and to be in a place where how we know her to be like, we'll say no quickly before she says yes, or just maybe to be a little bit more on the cautious side. But I just, I love that she just uh, gave it a go. Yeah. I mean, just because we know her or, I mean, you know, her obviously, but the way I know her it to be that open, you know what I mean? And that was just, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful to see. I mean, that had to have been probably the hardest thing, because if you think about what she was up against with being with this not so great man, you know, and all the hardship with that. And then to meet this, like it's, there's just still, there was still a lot of healing to do. Right. Like it wasn't just cut and dry, but she saw something and she went for it ultimately. Yeah, it's true. It's you're right. There's a lot to be said for that. And then that also kind of has led into what's happened with, you know, Brightways and the counseling practice. Cause you know, she, uh, she continues to show a lot of courage, uh, despite experiencing a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, a lot of hesitancy and um, being more of a reserved person. She has a part of her that she she operates from a, a place of cautiousness quite a bit. But she does have a little bit of, uh, you know, a rebellious chutzpah going on inside there, too. Yeah. Yeah. You that know? flare. Yeah. Which I I can I can relate to that flare. You know, I like that flare about mm-hmm. her for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So she did. She did right. Yes, she did. That, I that think was it a good flare. It paid off. It paid it off. To. Yes. To. So, um, I think, I mean, do you feel like we can definitely continue next week? This is probably the most epic long. It's, I got to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like, yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm about to wet myself. Kind yeah, of for sure. Um, you know, so, but I, I really do we can continue to talk, you know, about the end of the, the journey, but is there anything at the moment you, you're thinking of at no. this moment? Well, what I was going to say is if you want to do take a break and come back to it, I can next weekend. I won't be available. Um, Cause I'm going to be out of town at parents weekend with Paul mm-hmm. uh, with, with Angie and Paul, but um, we can go into bright ways later today, or we can go to it another time. I'm going to do it this week. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's just do it this week. Cause um, okay. I got to get ready for baseball stuff with Toby. I would definitely like want this to be broken up because this is like a long, you know what I mean? Like segments. Do you, do you do segments or are you thinking one long one? Uh, well, I don't usually, I don't know what I do. This is a new, I'm on a new podcast path, which is, I don't know what I'm doing. Gotcha. So, you know what? I just, you know, it's been over three hours. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would never listen to a three hour podcast myself, you know? Right. But then I'd have to go back and like, stop. Where would I stop? 
Well, I think a good, a definitely a good stop would be the, the relationship one, you know, like that one. I think right there, the relationship with Angie is kind of a rabbit trail. It's kind of a, you know, um, so I would say that be the start. I mean, you kind of have the section and then you have that one and then maybe then going into bright ways, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe or just lift up. Whatever, yeah, whatever you, whatever you think. So, yeah. uh, but hey, it's been good talking to you, and I'm honored that you would let me, you know, just bask in, you know, my story, which I'm very grateful that it's come to this. I mean, because so could could, you know, there are a lot of years that you know I was, you know, in the in the pit, you know, with handcuffs and just thinking I was a monster. So. Um, this is just a great to talk about and, and, uh, you know, to be able to share and, you know, just even, just, just even right now, I feel this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Kev, I, I love you. I appreciate you. And I look forward to talking more about the counseling therapy business, what people are going through today, kind of stuff from that perspective. Sounds good next week or wherever. Okay. Okay. Love you. Love you. Bye everybody. Yeah. yeah.